Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and on this week's edition we travel back to 2013 and the centenary of composer Benjamin Britten. In November of that year, director Nisha Jones staged a unique, beautiful and sold-out performance of Curlew River at St Giles Cripplegate. When you're wandering around the Finland or, you know, through the marshes, the bird life is extremely active. And so, you know, it's not for no reason that, that this is a central motif. That sense of experiment and freedom and randomness that you find in 60s rock music, I think also subconsciously had found its way to Britain in this piece. I, I can't wait to hear them. I cannot wait to hear Ian singing this. It's, I'm going to be in tears most of the time. A meeting of cultures and music, East meets West, as we explore Britain's incredibly beautiful church parable. I'm Nisha Jones. I'm the director of Curly River. Can you explain where we are at the moment? We're in St Giles Cripplegate, an absolutely stunning church, which somehow dates back almost a thousand years, not this exact building, but this location as a place of worship. And it's a completely unique church, surrounded as it is by the overarching modernity of the Barbican. We're here for a reason, though. You're going to be directing a production of a very unusual piece of Benjamin Britten. It's a very special and unusual piece in that I can't think of anything else quite like it. And it's a church parable. It's one of Britain's three church parables. It's the one that seems to have the most universality. It seems to be performed the most and somehow reach out in a broader way, perhaps, than the other two. It was written for church performance, so we are performing it in a church. Originally, I didn't feel that we had to do that. I was interested in, in coming out of the opera house or, or theatre or concert space, obviously. But then when we came into St Giles, it actually all just kind of came together in my mind. And uh, I think this is a, a lovely place to be able to do the performance. Curlew River by Benjamin Britten. Every season, every 
closed the ferry across the Sumida in the province of Musashi. Famously, it's based on a, a piece of no theatre. And, you know, that, that in itself demands a certain degree of study. I think it would be foolish to come to the piece without acknowledging that somehow. And yet we're not reenacting no drama in this production at all. But I'm interested in why Britain was attracted to it so much. At the same time as, you know, the reason why he initially, in his first encounter with no theatre, found it impenetrable to the degree of actually being funny. I think that's a reaction that we quite often have when faced with something very alien. We, we kind of, you know, it dissolve into laughter simply because we, we don't quite know how to cope with it. But thereafter, I think after that initial response, he became really, really fascinated with it, particularly these elements of clarity and sparsity and intensity. But first, may I ask you, what is that strange noise up the highway there? May I ask, did you see who it is that is singing? Yes, the people were wanting a woman in the road who seems to be crazy. They say she comes from the Black Mountains. The idea is that what we're installing should feel like the opposite of the church. And what I'd like to install will be very, very clean and very minimal and very much the Japanese aesthetic of um, high contrast, very, very simple and, I hope, very beautiful. We're putting an incredibly tall mast in the, yeah, in the church. Oh, my goodness me. It's eight metres tall. It's, it's going to be really, really difficult. But this is the kind of thing that you can really only do in a church because you have this wonderful height. The sense of the vaulted quality reaching up heavenwards is something that you can achieve while maintaining intimacy in this small, tiny space. Singer and performer Ian Bostrich. Curly River is something I've been planning to do, I would say, since 1997, since I did Turn of the Screw. I'd been in long discussions with all sorts of people about doing it, and it, it, was, it seemed to be a sort of slightly jinxed idea. It's great that it's finally come together, and it's great that it's finally to come together with such a great creative team and with Nisha as the director who has such a unusual and distinctive vision. I mean, to have somebody who does... I was told she was somebody who worked with video, but the fact that she's actually really one of the performers, that she's there running the video so that every performance is different is a fantastic gift, I think. We spoke to Ian Bostridge, and uh, one of the things he mentioned that he was looking forward to, um, referring to working with you, was the fact that as a director, you also are involved in the performance. Yeah, it's, it, it's very important. It's central, actually, to the work that I do, is that it's very much embedded in in the musical language and so I can respond you know as fluidly as a instrumental performer might I never like doing it but it's what I do for some reason it's the only way it's absolutely the only way 
I couldn't do it if I were behind glass. You know, there are quite often in, in concert halls or opera houses, there are um, control booths where, you know, normally these kind of things are controlled from, but it would be impossible to do what I do from there because you need to have that connection. So I do need to be physically quite close, but I hope... Um, Mentally, I'm completely invisible. <laughs> My ideal is to have a cloak of invisibility, which has yet to be invented, but as soon as it has, I'll be in, in that thing. Let me get into your I, I can't wait to hear them. I really, I cannot wait to hear them singing it. I cannot wait to hear Ian singing this. It's, I'm going to be in tears most of the time. I'm in tears most of the time when Ian sings happy songs. <laughs> this one is going to have me beside myself. Although a mother's mind may be unclouded, she may well lose her way through love of her child. Where does my darling stray? Shall I ask these travellers? Does he know his mother's grief? That I was living with my child There with my only child Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about influences. Well, I think of interest to me here is what Britain intended and then what we can extrapolate and develop from that. So we're not doing a literal interpretation of this piece insofar as I'm not always obeying Benjamin Britten's instructions, but I hope that I'm not veering radically from them either. We're not performing the piece as a piece of no theatre. And that comes very deeply from my beliefs and commitment to this idea of authenticity because I find any kind of reenactment or period costume or... I, I find it somehow inauthentic. Again, that's just, that's just a personal approach. I think this particular parable hones in on possibly what is the most painful and difficult experience, which is the mother's loss of a child. So in a way, that in itself is is a very pure expression, the most intense kind of grief. I, I don't want to lose that in becoming sidetracked in the paraphernalia masks or no theatre or whatever that is. You know, I'd, I'd really like to look straight in the face at that particular heart of this um, very, very moving story. And I think that's what really comes through this searingly beautiful music. Look, while you were listening to my story, we have reached the bank, lower the Behind me, wrapped in clouds and mists, lie the mountains I have crossed. Many a barrier have I passed through, 
many a province have I traversed. Here lies the far-famed Smida, and now I have reached the ferry. Uh, many, many of my visual references are are Japanese references. That's inevitable. The, the visual world is heavily reliant on um, material that's gleaned from Japanese sources. But I've also been lucky enough to spend quite a lot of time in East Anglia in these last few years, and in fact, all, all through my life. And there is a particular atmosphere there too that is worth exploring and, and thinking about. So I've done a lot of filming there, actually. You know, I've been wandering around the reed beds in East Suffolk, as usual, you know, with, with a camera. So, I, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to bring that to the heart of London. You know, I think this, as most of his pieces, if we're honest, is so geographically centred. You know, they, they really are, and that's a, a wonderful thing about them. And uh, that's very much part of, of this performance. I'm presuming that you'll be directly be using the bird imagery in some form within what you plan to project. Yes, because the curlew itself is is really central to the piece, and the theme of the curlew comes with the mad woman, um, and you know she she sees these birds, invisible or not, f- flying around her, and um, and that that's very deeply rooted in the musical language of the piece. I think you can't help but do that when you're wandering around the Finland, or you know through the marshes. The bird life is extremely active and very very evocative and so you know it's not for no reason that that this is a central motif for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place with linkedin you can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, so my name is uh, Martin Holm, and I am uh, acting visitor services manager for RSB Rain and Marshes, a nature reserve out in Perfleet, east of London. The curlew is a wading bird, a fairly big one, once very common, uh, now less so, unfortunately. A wading bird means that it, it feeds and lives most of its life uh, along shores on mud flats. If you look at a picture of a, a curlew, you will see it has a, a, a quite long curved beak. It uses that to, to sort of source its food, so it will uh, put that into the mud and, and find its food. They're, they're, they're quite audible, um, so they have, to me, one of the most beautiful, uh, quite melancholic uh, calls, which I wouldn't be surprised inspired by Benjamin Britten, because when you hear a curative, it's, it's like it's, it's a little pinch in the heart of sadness, but also joy, I guess. It has that tone straight in between the two emotions, for me at least. Curlew. Oh. Beautiful. Uh, fantastic. Next, we hear from musical director William Lacey. I think the the key influence on the piece musically is the trip that Britain made to Japan in 1956, which had a very big impact on his thinking and his creativity. And it came at the right moment. You know, all great creators who are lucky enough to have a long career, they have to have phases where they renew themselves. They know that they've done enough and had enough success and acclaim in a certain sphere, and they need something to send them in another direction. Those are the ones, you know, the Picassos of the world are the ones who manage to find these inspirations that give them new new material. Just to kind of set it out from the beginning is very different, is it, it all starts in plain song, which just sounds incredible. Yeah, again, it's, it's a new world, isn't it? I mean, it's so very surprising because it's which it's such an old sound plain song you know it's immediately recognizable as something from hundreds of years ago and so he he tells us immediately that this is not going to be a normal musical experience and a wonderful aspect of the piece which again is influenced by no theater i believe it's also influenced by the fact that it was the 1960s when he wrote it is there's a ra- there's a random element in it which is tremendously important so what i mean by that is that all of his other operas until then were written basically for an orchestra and a conductor who were sitting in a pit and they played the notes in front of them and the conductor laid down the tempo in the usual way in Curly River, there is no conductor. This is very important. Sometimes it's done with a conductor, and to do it with a conductor is to completely misunderstand the piece, I have to say. So there can be a musical director who's sitting at the chamber organ. That's how we're doing it. That's me. <laughs> but the idea is there are seven instruments, and every instrumentalist is an equal partner. In the event so you don't have the hierarchy of the symphony orchestra no it's not that at all it's seven equal players and each of them leads at different times and there are periods where there's no set tempo so one of the seven people plays the main voice very freely as they feel it in the moment and the others have to organize themselves around that person 
So the, the random element means basically that every performance is going to be rather different. And I think that is, that's a, a 60s thing, because even though Britain was the least kind of groovy person who ever lived, probably, and obviously we're not talking about the same 1960s as the Beatles and the Rolling Stones were experiencing, but that sense of experiment and freedom and randomness that you find in 60s rock music, I think also subconsciously had found its way to Britain in this piece. I think it's one of the, one of the great, great things about Britain. Um, of course, in this year, his 100th birthday year, there's a great deal of Britain going on. I've been listening to a lot of performances of Britain and indeed conducting them myself. And I've been doing Midsummer Night's Dream recently. My wife is about to do Lucretia for the first time. I'm preparing Curly River. I'm going to hear Death in Venice this evening. <laughs> One of the things that strikes me hearing all this Britain is that actually every piece has its own sound world. And that is a phenomenal achievement. I mean, how many composers have done that, to write that many operas, and yet to have everyone sound different? And Curly River, in some ways, it's the most haunting of all, because it has this spareness, which is so affecting, tragic somehow, but in, in such an understated way. It's a piece it's very hard to get out of your head when you go to a good performance. It stays in your head for quite a few days afterwards I, I suppose that leads on to the kind of d the question of does it have a happy ending I, I, I think it finishes with an amen but I mean it's quite a tragic story yeah I, yes and no okay it's amen but Britain's relationship to religion was ambiguous like so many people in the 20th century <laughs> so when one's not quite sure what an amen actually means in this context uh I've, I find it to be a tragic work, personally, but that, that, that's, the way I, that's the way I respond to it. I mean, Nisha may have other ideas for that. I was um, speaking to William Lacey, and what, what, one thing he mentioned and we were sort of, when we were talking about the story and the production was, was the ending, whether it was a tragic ending or whether there was, there was hope at the end. There's much written about this, and there's much complaint, actually, because for some people, I think Britain's interpretation of this, of Sumidagawa, which is the, the no play, into a, the context of a medieval mystery, they feel that it works unnaturally. And for me, I think my approach here is possibly less literal. I think there is a moment of clarity, which I find so moving, it comes with uncertainty. And therefore, when we arrive at the end and we have certainty, we also have a sense of completion or, if you like, redemption. My interpretation perhaps isn't so ecclesiastical. I mean, if you really look at this story, nothing happens at all. You know, a woman has lost her child at the beginning and she's still lost her child at the end. Yet there is a journey, whether this be emotional or spiritual. I think it can be just one of those transcendental moments of listening to an incredibly beautiful and beautifully made piece of artwork. This year, you know, because of this incredible centenary, it's an absolute joy and pleasure to work on this particular piece. I think... It's a piece that's really open to many, many ways of presentation. And so 
I think that's exactly what should be. There should be lots of different versions, lots of styles and you know approaches. I think it should be um, performed as much as possible. It's a very difficult piece, but it really is rewarding and, and um, yeah, a pleasure to work on. What seemed her boy is but a grassy mound Lost on the wide desolate moor Sadness and tender pity fill all hearts Sadness and tender pity fill all hearts You've just heard director Nisha Jones and musical director William Lacey and a brief cameo from singer Ian Bostridge talking about Benjamin Britten's Curlew River. This sold-out production ran at St Giles Cripplegate, the church opposite the Barbican main complex, on the 14th to the 16th of November 2013 with Britten Symphonia and Britten Symphonia Voices. You also heard on this podcast the voice of Tomoko Kimura reading the narration from the no-play Sumida River and expert curlew spotting and advice from Martin Holm at RSPB Rainer Marshes. I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast, here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and theme series. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on ACAST, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.